Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both with others as we talk about keys to abundant living. So if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as we talk about the fact, the truth, that God always has a plan. The last few weeks, I've been talking about us feeling overlooked, and I want to emphasize the word feeling overlooked because we are never overlooked as God's children, even though it feels like we are. He's doing it for our protection, and I would even go so far as to say if our hearts aren't ready, if we haven't submitted to the refiner's fire, he's even doing it for others' protection. Now, we may have kicked open some doors that were never supposed to be opened, and we may have gone and functioned in something and felt like we were in God's plan, and things fell, people got hurt, It's because we forced ourselves through a door that God wasn't opening for us. We were opening for ourselves or somebody else opened for us. And we stepped in before we were ready, maybe because we were tired of being overlooked. Maybe we were elevated before our season. We don't, we may never have the answers to those questions. But if we feel like we've been overlooked, we feel like we're unnoticed. If we keep our hearts in the right place, blameless toward God, we're not being overlooked. And in that moment, he will either push us out or he will call us out because he has a plan always for us. There's several, actually, there's probably a lot of scriptures that talk about the plans that God has for us and that they are good plans. I mean, nothing catches God by surprise. You know, he didn't, something happens to us. It may have blindsided us, but it never blindsides God. He knew before anything even happened that it was going to happen. And he will, as we know, Romans 8 tells us, turn it and use it for his good, his purposes, if we will allow him to, if we'll yield to that, right? For those that who love God, all things worked, all things. It doesn't say, I love the word. He uses all so much. Uh, God is an all God. He's not a kind of God. He's not a sometimes God. He's not a maybe God. All things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, and that's Philippians 4.13. But in Romans 8.28, those who love God, all things work together for good, right? It, It also says, that he withholds no good thing from us. That's Psalms 84, 11, right? It says the Lord will give grace and glory. No, <clears throat> no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Of course, you hear me talk about it all the time. We have our portion. We have our step. We have our obedience. Even in this very scripture that I just read to you in Psalm 84, 11, it's basically saying, for those that walk uprightly, those that are in right standing with God, he withholds no good thing from us. And God's definition of a good thing and our definition of a good thing are sometimes two completely different definitions. And so what that What I believe that scripture is actually saying is that anything, if we are walking uprightly with the Lord, anything that comes across our path, anything, the disappointments, the discouragements, the hurts, 
what whatever words you want to use there, right? The worries, the concerns, the cares, the just life that happens. If it's come across our path and we're in right standing with God, it's a good thing. Why? Because if we're in good standing with God, we're going to yield to the Lord. We're going to turn our heart. We're going to rend our hearts to the Lord, right? We're going to um, hold our hearts blameless toward God. And he's going to use that discouragement. He's going to use that disappointment. He's going to use that hurt for our good. It's going to make us a better man or a better woman of God. It's going to make us a more compassionate person, maybe a more forgiving person, maybe right. A more understanding person, maybe whatever it is, he's going to flip it and use it for his kingdom purposes. That's why it says he withholds no good thing. So no matter what it is, if the end result is a good thing in our life, God is going to allow it. And we have to understand that sometimes when we're in the difficult situations, that maybe, just maybe, God is allowing it because it's going to produce a good thing in us, a good thing for us, and a good thing through us. So it is a good thing, even when it feels like a lousy thing. We're all probably overly familiar with the scripture verse that says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. They are plans not for disaster. They are plans to give you a future and they are plans to give you a hope. God has plans for us. We cannot ever miss that. So if we know God has plans for us and we know that he withholds no good thing from us and we know that all things we've walked through, he will work together for his good, then really, let's just let God do what God is trying to do in us so he can do what he's trying to do through us. Let's understand that. In this Jeremiah 29, 11, we hear that that specific verse 11, which I just kind of paraphrased to you about the plans I have for you for good, not for disaster or future and a hope. You don't often hear the following verses or the previous verses. And so I want to just take a few minutes and talk about some of the previous verses and kind of set you up about, you know, what's going on here. But really this verse, this whole chapter, Jeremiah 29 Jeremiah is writing a letter. That's what's going on here. And the people have been in exile for quite a while. I think one of these verses says 70 years. Um, Yeah, down in verse 10, it says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and keep my good promise to you. Another good promise. But prior to that, he's, God had told the people to build houses, to settle down, to plant gardens, starting out about verse four, five, six, takes, take wives, um, you know, seek peace and welfare of the city to which I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for the city even, right, in which you live. Then it warns against de- uh, deception down in verse eight, you know, don't let the false prophets come in, the diviners to come in who are in your midst. Don't let them deceive you. Pay no attention, no significance to false words, basically. 
false dreams, nothing, right? You're going to be, you're going to be falsely prophesied to in my name, even he says, and I've not sent them. And when the 70 years is up, I'm coming to you and I'm going to visit you. This is my good promise to you. And I'm going to keep my promises to you. And I will cause you to return to this place for I know. And then he goes for, I know the thoughts and plans I have to you, right? For good, for welfare, for peace, not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. So it's a big warning against false prophets. And really that's when when we're in a place of feeling like we're overlooked, that's a place where we're very um, susceptible, I guess, to false prophecy because we just want that rescuing. We want that feel good moment, that feel good thing. Maybe we're even at a high risk for going through a door that we're not supposed to go through. And maybe that came through a false prophetic word also. Because Jeremiah is clearly giving a word to the Lord, right? It says, says the Lord. He, so he's saying through all that. Well, he, first he warns about the false prophets. And then he says, I know. I'm the one that knows the plans for you. I know what I have for you, right? I, I'm going to instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Psalm 32 tells us, I know. Let's jump all the way over to 1 Corinthians. No eye has seen no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those that love him, right? Um, Psalm 37, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights and he knows what he wants us to be doing when he wants us to be doing it. So he's warning, don't listen to, right? Don't listen to the false prophets. Don't let them misdirect you. If you want to know what my plans are, I know. Are you catching this? If you want to know where your hope is, I know. If you want to know what your future is, I know, says the Lord. So what does that mean to us? We should go to the Lord. What did Jesus tell us? My sheep know my voice. It's vital to know the voice of the Lord. If we're wondering what God's saying and we're scouring the internet to find out what he's saying, we are exposing ourselves to false prophecy, false hope, false future. Now, if we wanna look for a confirming word, that's different, but we have to hear the voice of the Lord. And this is what Jeremiah 29 continues to tell us. If we continue on and we go down to verse 12, it says, right after he's just telling us, I know, I know, right? Some, like if, you, if you're a parent at all, right? Your kid's wondering how to, I know, right? I know you left that cup over on the dining room table and you're looking all over for it. I have my grandkids stay over and they're like, where's my cup, Nana? Where's my cup, Nana? Sometimes it's actually right even in front of them. And instead of, they just want that easy fix of you find my cup. I know you're going to know where it is and get it for me. Right. And we do that sometimes when we scour other places. We want a prophet to speak a word to us. We want to find something on the Internet. But the Lord's saying, I know. Come to me. I'm the one that knows the plans. I'm the one that knows the future. Verse 12 says, then, then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear you and heed you, which that's a whole nother thing in itself. Difference between heeding and hearing. I don't want to go there today, but check that out on your own. In Jeremiah 
29, verse 12. What's the difference between hearing and heeding? Because he says he's doing both here. So in verse 13, and this is what a powerful promise. It goes on. You know, we've, we've stopped at 29, 11 so many times, but now we're down in 13. Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Back to the heart. It always, always comes back to the heart. That was the whole thing we talked about a few podcasts ago when Samuel was picking a new king and he went to Jesse's home. All the other sons had heart issues. That was the thing that anointed David was his heart. You will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will release you from captivity and gather you from all the nations and all the places to which I have driven you. And I will bring you back to the place from which I caused you to be carried away. After what? After we desire to know the plans, we desire to know the future, we desire to have a hope. And then we humbly say, okay, I guess I have to go seek this from God. We begin to seek his face. Then we get to the place where we inquire of the Lord, we, we require him. We can't even go enough. It becomes a necessity to survival. We have to know what his plan is for us. We have to know there's something more than what's in front of us right now. Because if it's only what's in front of us right now, we have no hope. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. So we have to know there's a future. We have to know there's a hope. We begin to get desperate while we're being overlooked. We begin to get desperate and our desire for the Lord and his presence becomes stronger. And we become relentless. And now we're not only just calling upon him, we're seeking him. There's a difference if I'm in the house and I'm calling somebody in the house, say, we'll use my grandkids again. I call one of my kids, one of my grandkids. They don't come to me. Now I'm going to go seek them out because I need to know where they are. I need to see them face to face. So there's a difference between calling out to God and seeking God's face. Big difference. When you do this, when you have a necessity for God, then you will find me, he says, when you have searched for me with all your heart. When we do that, his plans are revealed to us. When we do that, we know the next step we're supposed to take. We know what's supposed to happen next. Even if it's only one step, we have to remember that the eyes of the Lord are just searching the whole earth. They're like scouring the earth, looking for that pure heart, looking for that one. You know, I talk about this with, with Mary before she was impregnated with Jesus. Like I picture God up there, just looking around on the earth at all these young women. And he's like, where's that heart? Where's that heart? Where's the heart that I know can birth my son, that I know can endure all that's going to entail, even though she doesn't know it when she's saying yes to it. I know because I know her heart. She can do it. She's the one. She'll pull, She'll pour herself into me. She will be the heart that I need for my son. Where's that heart? His eyes are scouring the earth. He's looking for that heart. And Mary's was it. His eyes stop on Mary. And he's like, that's her. That's the blessed and highly favored one. 
I want his eyes to stop on me for that thing that he needs to take place that he would desire to use me for. I want his eyes to stop on you for that thing that he needs to take place on this earth that he desires you to do for him. Imagine the Lord searching to and fro and stopping on you and saying, she's the one, he's the one. That's the heart right there that I'm looking for. That's powerful. And I want to just end with these few encouraging scriptures about uh, the plans that he has for us. And, you know, he's going to fulfill the purpose in us if we keep our hearts blameless toward him. He will not forsake the work of his hands. Even if it feels like he has, we, we got to set those feelings aside. Our feelings can mess us up all the time. If you've listened to me at all, you've heard me say that. Our feelings can dupe us. We have to know the truth of situations. So even though it may feel like you're being overlooked, even though it may feel like the Lord has forsaken the work of his hands, he has not. He has purpose for you. He will fulfill that in his love. He will fulfill that in each of us as we keep our hearts turned towards him, as we begin to seek, require, consider him a necessity in our life, and we search for him with our whole heart. And I'll end it with this one, Philippians chapter one, verse six. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. That good work will come to a completion in each one of us. God always has a plan. We may feel like our plans have been scattered in a hundred different directions. I'm sure most people would say, I never really saw this in my life. I never really saw that in my life. I never saw that I would be here. I would be doing this. I would be seeking this. I would be thinking this, whatever it might be. But yet there you are doing something you didn't maybe picture. Maybe it wasn't a childhood dream living somewhere you never thought you would live. You never gave it a second thought until all of a sudden there you are in that place because God knows he has the plans. And as long, and as a matter of fact, I want to add this. He's known the plans he had for us since we were an unformed substance in our mother's womb. How powerful is that? And then he watched us getting formed in the womb, knowing that he's creating us for a very specific purpose very specific calling, very specific anointing for different seasons of our lives. God always has a plan for us. And don't forget, he is looking the whole earth. 2 Corinthians 16, 9. He's searching the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf, in behalf, actually the verse says in behalf, in us, he wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are blameless toward him. He's looking for you. If you have kept your heart pure, you have guarded your heart, he will find you and he will fulfill plans and promises in your life that no man can stop. 